A nobler man, a braver warrior, lives not this day within the city walls. Titus Andronicus, Act 1, Scene 1 Not too many people are familiar with Titus Andronicus, one of Shakespeare's earliest plays. It's also easily Shakespeare's goriest play. Most of the main characters die, some after horrible mutilation. A couple even get baked into a pie and fed to their mom. It's quite a doozy. The copious amounts of violence can make it easy to dismiss this particular play. However, that is doing a disservice to Shakespeare and the audience. You see, Titus is a perfect example of how man's own faults can lead to his ultimate downfall. The question today, though, is what is that flaw? Is it loyalty? A commitment to the status quo? Or a need to follow the correct protocol? Perhaps it's a little bit of everything. Join Eli and I as we take the time to discuss Titus and his flaws. Hello, and welcome to Breaking Bard, a ripe good scholar podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, avid Shakespeare fanatic and known as ripe good scholar on a tiny corner of the internet. I am joined, as always, by my husband, Eli. Hello. Who engages with Shakespeare mostly to spend time with me. Yes, I have to crawl into your Shakespeare cave, past the stacks of Shakespeare notes. Say, hey, hello, Sarah. <laughs> Have you eaten today? And you say, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this episode is going to be a little less structured. I have fewer notes. I only have half a small page of notes. Woo! Um, because this is actually a topic that you came up with. Um, after we, we went to see Society Shakespeare's production of Titus Andronicus. Yes. And a day or so later asked me a very interesting question. I believe what I asked you was what you thought Titus Andronicus's tragic flaw was if it was his loyalty or his conservatism. Conservatism in this case not referring to today's politics but to um, the classic meaning of politics of maintaining the status quo. Basically, conservatism. Conservatism. Conservatism being a black and white worldview. You know, to an extent of like, this, I am doing this because this is the the thing to do. Yes, it's the, you do things because they're the way things are done. Exactly. And I, per, I don't know, we talked briefly about it. I don't remember what your opinion on it was. But I re-listened to the start of Titus Andronicus because the first couple um, scenes are really what lays out this fatal flaw. After that, it's all like, bah, revenge. Yeah. And he goes a little cuckoo bananas. And so I, as I approached this question, I, I already was landing more on the side of um, conservatism being his fatal flaw. But as I listened to it, I found myself kind of asking the question as I went in if it's loyalty who is he loyal to? Yeah I think that's a good question because the start of the play 
the emperor has died and the people of Rome are clamoring for Titus to be emperor. But Titus, who was a general loyal to the previous emperor, doesn't want to take the... I don't know. Did they have a crown? The diadem? The uh, the emperorship? He didn't want to take the ship. Uh, and so he suggests the emperor's oldest son. Now, it's not really explored why he makes that choice other than he's old and doesn't want to do it. Well... But that's my thing. So that this this because this decision causes the ripple effect that leads into the rest of what happens. The emperor decision I think really answers this question because I don't think it's loyalty. Because who's he loyal to? He's not loyal to his family. If he was loyal to his family, I, I, you know, there's evidence later that he's not loyal to his family, but he would lean toward taking the emperorship because that's gonna for, that's gonna help his family, that's gonna help his sons. Or if if not that, then then uh, the younger son of the emperor, who was going to marry his daughter, anyways, exactly, and whom his sons were loyal to. I think if I were going to say loyalty, it would be loyalty to the fallen emperor. But I guess that's yeah. But mm. we don't know what that emperor's choice would be in in Shakespearean times. And let's remember, no matter when Shakespeare was writing, he was always writing about Elizabethan England. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have primogeniture. But <laughs> but back in Roman times, the emperor was usually the guy who overthrew the previous emperor. Well, and so so it's interesting to me for this. I I suppose the best argument would be that he's loyal to the previous emperor. However, I also question that because Saturnitus pretty quickly betrays everybody and is a total butthead to Titus and I would think Titus being loyal to his father would have been like this is a horrible way to remember your father to honor your father and and and, and I and he can't be loyal to Rome because it's pretty clear from like line one that Saturninus speaks that he's not the right choice yeah Saturninus kind of seems to be running for the emperorship on the platform of I'm terrible. But I'm the oldest. That's his platform. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty uh that's a pretty bad argument. But it is the one that Titus goes for, and I guess that does kind of lend itself to conservatism again. Well, and I think too as the the plot progresses, I got to about the hunt. Um, because the hunt's kind of really where everything falls apart. Yeah, that's um, when his motivation becomes... Yeah, I mean, I well, I guess just past... I, I didn't get past the hunt, but I would say that probably 
the sor- the the points toward loyalist or conservative would be to the point where his sons are executed. Yeah, to, right, right about, where he sees Lavinia. Right about when he loses his mind and cuts off his hand, uh, it's no longer a yeah. question of is he a loyalist or a conservative. It's yeah. he's crazy and wants to kill everyone who's wronged him. Yes. So, and and some of this comes with performance, but as I've in both the version I listened to and the Cincinnati Shakespeare performance, when Saturninus goes, I want to marry Lavinia. Titus is kind of like, of course, it would be a great honor. But it like pains him because he knows. He knows. It's that. not. It's not like Lavinia was just like, "Whoops, I love Bessiana's dad." You had no idea we were engaged. Like that's not how things happened. Everyone, you know, so, all of his sons knew that Bessiana's. Exactly. His brother knew. Yeah. So like you know, for him to be like, "Yes, of course, Emperor," because that's what you did. You did not like. My daughter's gonna be empress. And he wasn't even thinking in necessarily, I think, in the sense of like, she's gonna be empress because that point never leaves Titus's mouth. It's you don't refuse what the emperor said. And what I mean by that is then when her brothers help her escape with Bassianus and in that scuffle. Titus kills one of his sons and in the in the following arguments about how his sons betrayed him first of all he calls for the emperor's guards he goes where are the emperor's guards treason or traitors or something like that yeah it's not you know don't you can't stop this marriage your sister will be empress it's you're going against what you should do and that makes you in the wrong yeah and and he kills one of his sons to prove a point yeah and his point is and 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 again, when he's looking at his sons and he's like, how could you do this? How could you do this? It's not, it's not even at that point. How could you go against the emperor? How could you go against Rome? How could you go against what's best for your sister and our family? It's how could you go against what I told you to do? Because in Titus's mind, sons listen to their fathers. Which I think is another point for conservative. He's not loyal to anyone in particular. He's conservative. You should have listened to me because I told you. He's loyal to the status quo. Where sons and daughters listen to their fathers. The oldest son becomes emperor. And the emperor rewards loyalty. Exactly, and and that actually leads me directly into the next point of then Saturninus immediately is like, well, screw you, Titus. I don't want your stinky daughter anyway. 
And Titus is like blown away by this happening. Like anybody. And and again, this is like scene one. Oh, yeah. Like it's th- a heavy scene. It is. No, and, and it is a heavy scene, but also like the audience has known Saturninus for about like 10-15 minutes tops. And and no one is surprised by him doing this. Like because literally he's like I'm going to marry Lavinia and then Titus is like okay emperor here are my best prisoners the queen of the goths and he's like ooh you're pretty. Yeah. If I had true. seen you before, I would have picked you and not her. Oh, are you jealous, Lavinia? I'm sorry. And, like, every, no one is surprised at this turn of events except for Titus. <laughs> and even then, after he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to marry the queen of the goths. You know, and, like, walks off stage. Titus is, and his sons are like, see? This was a bad decision, Titus can we bury our brother now? And he's like, no. Because he didn't listen to me. Despite the fact that he was just screwed over by the guy he essentially handed the emperorship to. Yeah, no, it's it's really, it really seems like his motivation is purely out of a desire to maintain the status quo. Well, exactly. And I think I think it does continue through the entire play, but most strongly at this front end here. Because then what really caught my eye, which I just had never really caught until I was listening to it with this question in my mind, is after he goes, fine, you can go bury your brother in our family tomb. Mm-hmm. And all his sons leave. He's talking to his brother. And his brother's kind of like what just happened dude like all of hold on yeah, I think that's the direct quote what, what just happened dude well yeah he's like what just happened do you not see the horrible mistake you made Titus is like nope and they continue talking because clearly he's out of the emperor's favor now because Lavinia yeah. ran off you know even though Titus murdered one of his own sons in an attempt to stop it so, but basically, Titus is like, well, how am I going to get back on the Emperor's good side? And I'm like, why do you want to be at this point? And he basically suggests like, well, Tamara was my prisoner. And I, instead of murdering her, gave her to the Emperor, who married her and rose her to Empress. Therefore, I made her Empress she should reward that. I should be in her favor because of that. She can help me get back on the Emperor's good side. And I'm like, you... <laughs> like, you murdered her son! Yeah, that's... But, and, but, it, but to him, it wasn't murder. You know, to him, it was just like... It was what you were supposed to do. You well, were supposed to sacrifice your prisoners of war... Because that's what's done. Well, and I think on top of that, what's really telling is let's let's go back a little bit to when he does execute her son. You know, first she tries like, oh, how you love your sons. That's how I love my son. But then when she kind of sees him being like, "Mm, don't care. She goes, they were just serving 
their the crown of their country. You know, they were serving loyally to their country. If that's a crime, then everybody here is guilty of it. She very quickly picks up on she picks up on his conservatism. That like, what do you do? You stand up and you serve. Yeah. And that's all he did. That's all her son did was stand up and serve. It doesn't work, but she very quickly picks up on that's who he is. She tries first, like, don't you love your sons, though? You know, and, like, clearly not that much because he murders one, like, a minute later. Yeah, it's... It seems like the personal tragedies only feed into his inability to grasp that no one else seems to care about the way things should be done. Because in in his mind he should he came back from the war and had the option to choose the emperor. He chose the emperor who should have been emperor and that man should have rewarded him and treated his family well. But he's the only person in this play concerned with the way things should be. Exactly. And, um, you know, and and in the fact that he thinks like, oh, well, Tamara owes me a favor, obviously. Yeah. Like, (laughs) doesn't even consider that she might be mad. Maybe she's mad that you brutally sacrificed her son right in front of her. No. She's Empress now. Who cares about her dead son? He's got a dead son right... He's got lots of dead sons. Apparently he fathered many, many children. Yeah. What was it, like 25? Yeah, something like that. And and so even, like, after Saturninus betrays him, he's still mad at his sons. Yeah. He, he, he holds on to that black and white worldview of there's the way things should be done. And if you're not doing them that way, you're wrong. And so then everybody kind of comes back. We're still in the same scene. (laughs) Act one, I think it's essentially one scene. You know, everybody comes back in and, you know, Bassianus and Lavinia return. And Saturninus and Tamara come back. And Titus is there with his brother and his sons. And, you know, they're all kind of talking and the brothers are going at each other, you know, kind of being like, oh, I see you got married. Oh, I see you did too. Hope you're happy. Squinty eyes. So Bassianus, during the discussions, because Saturninus is like, well, clearly Titus is awful and I hate him. Because Saturninus is the worst, pretty much. I like that everyone either hates him or thinks he's a useful tool. Emphasis on the tool. Yeah, well, both are true. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thanks to Titus making him a useful tool. So, um, during the scene, Bassianus tries to say, you know, Saturninus, don't be silly. Titus clearly is loyal to you. He killed one of his own sons. You cannot be mad at him. Don't be mad at him. That's not fair. And Titus is like, Bassianus, don't defend me. Because he's still mad at Bassianus. <laughs> Yeah, he's very much a a man who's, you know, unwilling to 
stop hurting himself. Well, exactly. So then, you know, Titus is like, you know, the emperor, you know, Tamara does step in to kind of like be like, no, still be on Titus's good side so I can murder him. Oh. I think she puts it exactly like that. Pretty much. Like when you read it, pretty much. <laughs> Like, do you remember in the in the performance? It was really great. It was played by Miranda. Tamara was played by Miranda McGee of the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company, who has a pretty high pitched voice most of the time. And so she's like talking to the Emperor, like, "Oh, Emperor, please, like, you should just be friends. Like, let's just let this go." And then she does her aside about how she's really gonna murder Titus, and she's like, "And then I will murder him." And you're just like, "Oh, that was a good. That was a good play. They did." They did an excellent job. Cincy Shakespeare Company does a great job. I really have yet to see a performance I wasn't impressed with. Then, so Titus is like, Emperor, you should come hunt on my lands. Let's go hunt deer. And Saradice is like, fine, I guess. And goes off to his feast. And so, like, they wake up for the hunt. Where everything goes south. Yeah, I remember that hunt vividly. But, so, but to start, Titus is like, Sons! Attend on the Emperor! He's to, like, pay super special attention to the Emperor, sons. Why? Because that's what you do. Yeah, he's very quick to forgive the sons who betrayed him. Or at least assume that they're not going to betray him again and will do what he says. Well, I mean, he did murder one of them. And I think at the end of the day, they're still his sons. Yeah, that is the that is the son. You, you just gotta murder the one son to make your point. I mean, if your parents married... Or if your parents murdered one of your brothers, would you be likely to misbehave again? I mean, yes, but that just says a lot more about me. <sighs> I know. Anyway. So, you know, for for those listening who, who aren't as familiar with the play, the, the hunt is when Tamara, her sons, and her lover, Aaron, frame two of Titus's sons for murder. And then they ca- they kill Bassianus, frame the sons for that murder. And then they take Lavinia. They rape her, they cut out her tongue, and they cut off her hands. And this kind of is when Titus starts to break. Um... However, even then, when the accusations first come forward against his sons, he's slow to believe it. But even in that speech, he's like, well, if they did it, then they gotta die. Like, that's just what has to happen. You know, even though he doesn't think they did it. And you see that in the next scene, when he's kind of begging to no one, essentially, about, please spare my sons. Yeah. So then you have kind of Aaron the Moor come in and be like, oh, I have a message from the Emperor. If you give him a hand, he'll spare your sons. Titus is like, cool, cut off my hand. And what I think it's interesting, though, is that you can see that mindset through the whole family. 
because the brother and the un- or his son and his and his brother believe it just as quickly. All of them are like, "Okie dokie, I'll cut off my hand." No one's like, "But what if they're lying?" And, you know. And you also have Titus expressly forbidding his remaining son from breaking the other two out of prison. Mm-hmm. And again, he wants things to proceed the way they should. Because he believes that that will win. Yeah. You know? The way things should be is how they will be. And if then, they're innocent, they will live. Yeah. And then they're executed anyways. And now he's lost three sons, his hand and his daughter's been mutilated. And his final son has been exiled. No, that's true. You know, and and so this is where you see Titus break. And as he seeks revenge, like, he's not as crazy as they all think he is, but he definitely lost his mind a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the... You know, even when he's alone with his brother, he's acting erratic. Yeah. To put it nicely. I would say so. And uh, a bit you touchy. Know. He's not so crazy that he's not like, you're for sure Tamara and her sons in a disguise. Yeah, no, that's, uh... Once again, the Shakespeare relies on the... Someone suggesting, let's dress up like fairies, that'll do it. It never does. It never does. Well, I guess it did one false half. Yeah, but it... (laughs) It's still weird. It is weird. Did that this happen? This is one all, of his very early did plays. That, did that happen all the time in Elizabethan England? Everybody was just as fairies all the time. Thank you. I trust you implicitly, and you never <laughs> lie to me. You really see, he kind of breaks down. He starts asking the gods. He starts. He's still asking, essentially, for order to win. How things should be need to win. Mm-hmm. His sons were wrongly accused. His daughter mutilated. This has to be made right. And I think you see his conservative nature come back at the very end. Because what is his argument for killing Lavinia? Oh. He cites a story where a father executes a daughter who has been raped to put her out of her misery. And Saturnines is like, well, of course that father did the right thing. That's what has to be done. And he goes, okay then. You know, and kills her. Why? Because it's what should be done. Exactly. While he is perfectly willing to feed the emperor his stepsons in a pie, he focuses his revenge on Tamara, who is the only, aside from his freaking daughter, is the only person he kills in that scene. There end up being four bodies on the floor. But, uh, he doesn't kill Saturninus, who is another source of all of his misery. So if we look up Titus's kills in the play and the reason behind them, we start with the execution of Tamara's first son. Because he was a prisoner, a high up prisoner, amends have to be made for the war, he has to be executed. Which is what happens in war. Then he murders one of his sons, who was trying to defend his sister. Not only what she wanted, but the promises she made. She was promised to another man. He was trying to hold that up, but in doing so, not listening to Titus, and therefore was killed. For disobeying his father. 
yeah, for disobeying his father and betraying the emperor. So, I think more of the motivation was betraying his father, but, like, traitors to the state would be executed. So, then he kills Tamara's other two sons because they raped and mutilated Lavinia. So they have to die. Then he kills Lavinia because she's been dishonored. She's been mutilated. She's been raped. The pain of her living with that is too real. It's too harsh for her to have to live through. So really, it's justified for him to kill her. Another... Not not from our perspective, but from the perspective of, of these people. Just reading straight from the text here. And if your highness knew my heart, you were my lord and emperor, resolve me this... Was it well done of rash, of rash Virginius to slay his daughter with his own right hand because she was enforced, stained, and deflowered? Asking the emperor, should that guy in the story have killed his daughter who was raped? It was, and Saturninus replies, it was Andronicus. Your reason, mighty lord? Saturninus, because the girl should not survive her shame and by her presence still renew his sorrows. So not only is it shameful for her, but it's painful for her father to remember. Therefore, essentially, it's the merciful thing to kill her. It's the right thing to do. So Titus kills her. And then he kills Tamara. Because she's the mastermind behind all of this. So each, at each step, he's killing someone because he thinks it's the thing he should do. Exactly. Well, ba- basically play the part of the arch-conservative and put things back in order. Yeah. Because I think when I tried to look at this from the other side, I just I, I felt there was not enough evidence to defend the loyalist argument. Because I think no matter... Because I don't think he's loyal to anything in particular. He's just loyal to maintaining the the status quo. The <laughs> things should be the way they're supposed to. Well, and I think a lot of times that kind of idea is what either in Elizabethan times or Roman would have made a good soldier. Yeah. And Titus even put his, I, I would say his worldview, his life rules ahead of even his own family. Repeatedly. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, when it came to Lavinia and when it came to less important son. Oh yeah, that son gets murdered in scene one. We don't need to know his name. Chiron and Demetrius are Tamara's other sons that don't that get baked into the pie. Okay. Random sidebar. In in the play, Ta- um, Lavinia is given a, a stick to write in the dirt. Yeah. her rapist names and it wasn't until I watched the performance of her spelling out Demetrius her spelling like writing out Demetrius with a, a like stick held with her head and her two arms pushing around and, and this performance was salt yes. I, I think in the original text was just supposed to be dirt by the way like writes it out 
spelling out Demetrius. I was like, you all couldn't have just guessed. Because, like, she, like, in, in the performance, she wrote Chiron first, one of Tamara's sons. And then she starts writing out Demetrius. By the T, at least, you should have been like, Demetrius? Wait, and wait, she could wait, have hold nodded. On. Wait, wait, hold on. Demet. Re. 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 Exactly. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Give the girl a break. She's been through enough. Uh, but, you know, it was... That, that was, that was a, a rough play to watch sometimes. It is, and I think it's rough to watch, be- but I think that part of the reason I think he would have been written as a conservative is it almost makes it harder to watch. Because you're sitting there and you're watching him make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And it's rare he could not have made all of those bad decisions if he was loyal to someone, even to himself. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's uh, to me what makes because that that's such a rare person. That is like, this is how the world is. This is how it should be. This is how everybody is. And that that's such a rare person that I think like almost nobody watching this is going to be like, yeah, Titus, Titus consistently made the right call. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's no, it's very rare for someone to be that attached to the way they think the world should be. That they're willing to ignore the way it is to that degree. Exactly. And I think that's a great way of putting it, that he ignores the world the way it is. You know, he doesn't he doesn't see any of this coming, even though everybody else does. Everybody else is like, oh, don't rely on her. But don't put your don't. family in this vulnerable position. Do you think that lady whose son you killed might not like you? Nah, it'll be fine. It's cool. Another place you saw his worldview permeating throughout the whole family was Lavinia during her arguments with Tamara. Because she goes, as a woman, as a mother, you know, don't be like your mother. She's begging everybody to spare her. Uh And her final argument, which typically is your most desperate attempt. Yeah. But an argument she thought, like, even if Tamara for, like, a second was like, maybe I shouldn't let my sons mutilate this girl. Because, like, that's not really fair. She goes, do it for the sake of my father who spared your life. And I'm like, all sympathy gone. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Oh, you didn't see that going going south for you. Oh. And, like, to be fair, she didn't see her father execute Tamara's oldest son. Yeah, I but feel like, like a, a lot of people in this play <coughs> would have made better decisions if they just paid more attention to the monologues. That pretty much goes with every Shakespeare play. Yeah. Ugh, stupid asides. Darn asides. And thus concludes another episode of Breaking Bard. I hope you enjoyed our discussion of Titus Andronicus. Join us next time as we discuss fairies. That episode will be up two Mondays from now, assuming all technology cooperates. If you need some more Shakespeare fun in the meantime, check out my blog at ripegoodscholar.com or hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at ripegoodscholar. 
If you like this podcast, please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Consider leaving us a five-star review and sharing with your friends. That's all for today. And remember, our court shall be a little academic, still and contemplative in living art. <laughs>